Hey guys, Cody here. I'm gonna teach you one thing today that I hope is gonna help you increase your understanding of your sales calls. And what do I mean by this? I mean that I love going deep into the psychology of selling, not just how to sell, how to have your uh, objection overcomers, how to teach strategy, um, even mindsets around selling. All that stuff is great, but I wanna go a, la a layer deeper and teach you what is going on in your prospect's mind when you're saying and doing certain things on a sales call. So. With that being said, this actually came up from a question that I received a few days ago. Someone said, Cody, I often get asked if I can help this person when they're on the phone. Her prospect asked, do you think you can help me? And she said, I feel awkward. I don't know what to say in those moments. So I actually made um, a part one of this video. This is going to be sort of a follow-up to that original video. I'll link that in the description if you guys want to check it out. But I want you guys to get an image of a big red balloon in your mind's eye, and I'll go a little bit deeper into what that means. Now, it heavily depends on where you're at on a sales call, especially this is going to be more aimed for online business owners that have a service-based business, such as a coach, entrepreneur, you're creative. Now, what I want you to think about is that anytime someone is being quote unquote sold to, they're gonna have a wall up. They're gonna have that defense that's naturally guarding them and their wallet from whoever else is trying to sell to them. So, you know, whenever I'm talking to someone on a sales call, I never want that person to feel like they're being sold to, but rather I want them to feel like they're buying. So the questions that I ask them are gonna completely change if I want that person to start getting interested in buying versus me having to sell them. So one of the first rules that I think everyone is taught in sales is the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule is, is that you should be listening about 80% of the time and only talking about 20% of the time. What does that mean? It means that you should be asking certain open-ended questions or probing questions that get your prospect to want to volunteer information to you. Uh, I'm sure you've been on a sales call either with you being the person selling or being sold to where it was very awkward and you couldn't really tell who was leading the conversation. Uh, and it made that weird kind of resistance that you may have felt. And I'm sure the other person on the other end felt it as well. So what I always want to establish on every sales call that I'm on is that I'm going to be the person leading this phone call. And I, I preface this from the very beginning. I say, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions to dive deeper into your business so I can fully understand just kind of where you're at, where you're looking to go, what you've tried, what's working for you, and what we need to improve on. And by doing that, I'm already setting that tone that I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to start to get into the fine tooth part of your business here a little bit. That way, when I start to ask questions that probe and go deeper and deeper, it doesn't feel like they're being interrogated. Um, when I first started selling, I actually was told this by someone one time, I feel like you're interrogating me. And the reason why was because I didn't know how to ask questions. It doesn't matter which questions you ask, but it's how you do it. And a lot of that comes down to the tone and how you transition into it. Now, in NLP, I talk a lot about the power of communication and how so much of our emotional intensity of communication is actually in how we say things and not what we say. Now, if you were to think of communication sort of like a pie, a big circle, and you were to cut that into three pieces, they wouldn't be equal, but you'd have about 55% of communication that boils down to your body language. You know, if you walk in and you were to see me, I have a mean look on my face, I have my arms crossed. Um, if you're watching me on video, you're seeing this. If you're listening to just the audio, you're not. Um, if you were to walk in to, let's say, a networking event, I have a big smile on my face with an open posture, that's saying so much more to someone to want to come up and say hi to me, as opposed to just my words saying, hey, I'm looking to make friends. 
So think about that. Then we have roughly about 38% that's in our tonality, the energy of how we deliver the words that we say, and only 7% of the emotional intensity actually coming down to the words that we use. That's exactly why I can give 100 different salespeople the same exact script and they're not going to close the same. It always boils down to how do you say this? And especially when I'm asking for information that might be a little bit invasive, such as how much money are you currently making? What kind of revenue are you generating and where do you want to go to? For some people, they can feel weird talking about money. But here's what's most important. If I feel weird about this, if I transfer that weirdness, that energy over to that person with my tone, they're going to feel extremely weird about opening up when it comes to talking about personal finances. So we have to think about that. Every time we're on a sales call, we must be cognizant of the energy that we currently are holding. Because once we have an energy, we're gonna transfer it and that person's gonna easily pick up on it subconsciously. So when I think about that, it makes me very intentional with the language that I use and how I deliver it. So it's one of the biggest things that I think can be improved on when it comes to selling doesn't matter what you're saying, but how are you delivering that, okay? Next point that I'd love to touch on is gonna be the simple fact that when we can understand who our prospect is, we can speak to their pain points, their pleasure points, and really find out more about what do they want out of their business. And ideally, anytime you're talking to someone on a phone and you expect them to hand over money to you, That's what it is. I teach people how to sell and I train them in NLP. Someone has to hand over money to me for our relationship to start in a sales capacity. So if I ever expect that, I must give a few things first. And a lot of times I think we can be so kind of just caught up in our own head, in our own mind of like, man, I'm asking personal questions. Like what if this person, what if they find it offensive? What if they don't like it? And when we have that mentality, it's going to hinder us. It's going to hinder the questions that we ask and how we do so. So we also must be willing to go deep into situations that are uncomfortable to talk about. One being the money, one being about if their business is failing. I often talk to people um, that have coaching businesses and that are not making a lot of money. And they say things like, Cody, you know, I'm on the verge of being broke, literally. I'm living paycheck to paycheck, whether they're a full-time or a part-time business owner. And it's because they don't know how to enroll clients. That's the number one thing that generates revenue in a business is you understanding how to enroll a client or make a sale. So when we're talking about these things, it's my duty and my obligation to be blunt with these people that I speak to and say, how much longer do you want to keep it this way? How long has it been this way? And when I start to bring these questions up here that get them opening up, not do you want to keep it this way, a yes or no question, but how much longer do you want to keep it this way? I ask questions that are more of the how and the what, as opposed to just questions that give me one answer, a one word answer. That would be like a close-ended question. I want that person talking as much as possible so I can fully understand the structure of their situation because we should not be selling anything to anyone until we are 100% certain that we can help them. Think about something that you may have bought or you may have been on the verge of buying and you had a little bit of doubt, even just a little bit. Mm, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I don't know if this is going to benefit me. I don't know if this person has my best interest in mind. When you have that little bit of doubt, it's going to stop you from buying. So we want to bring up all these different concerns that someone may have. They may have been in a situation that they've hired someone that has done similar work to you. 
no matter if you create websites, if you do marketing, um, if you're a creative, whatever you do, they may have been in a situation where they had a bad experience with someone else and automatically our brain is trained for pattern recognition, to recognize patterns. And if we sound like someone that they've spoken to before, not in our like accent or the timbre of our voice, but if we sound like it with the words that we're using or the tone that we're bringing across, they're gonna instantly put us in that category or that bucket of being like that experience. And they're gonna start to associate now our product or service with that experience, whether good or bad. So we have to, we have to realize that. One of the things that I teach, I talked about the red balloon. One of the things that I teach is called inflating and deflating the balloon. This is where it gets interesting. Now, if I if someone says, you know, Cody, I'm really struggling in my business, and I were to say, okay, I can help you with that, no worries. They have they don't have enough time to really sit with that problem, and sometimes it sounds harsh, but it's the reality of it. Sometimes we have to sit with that problem and let it kind of hurt for a second till we realize how bad of a situation we're in. Um, there's an old I don't know if it's a quote or just a story, but there's this old man on his porch um, with his dog. He has an old dog out in the country somewhere on his porch, just kind of rocking back and forth in his rocking chair. And someone walks by and he hears the dog crying and repetitively crying and crying. So he walks up to this guy and says, hey, mister, why is your dog crying? And the guy goes, oh, he's just laying on a nail. And the guy says, why doesn't he just get off of it? And the old man says, I guess it's not hurting him enough. And it's like that with a lot of our problems in life. We have to be in pain before we make a decision. Uh, same way, I love working out. A lot of people only get into working out when things get really bad, when they're really overweight, when they feel really bad. They need something to come up that is that brings up that pain for them to want to switch. Now, two things to think about with this are that people often change or start something for two reasons. One is inspiration. One is desperation. In NLP, we call this towards versus away motivated. So we have to realize this when we're speaking to someone, everyone is gonna be moving either towards something or away from something else. The more that we can uncover that and go deep into that, we're gonna fully understand now how to position what we do in a way that they want to buy it. Because if I know someone's towards motivated and I'm talking all about the cost of inaction, what if you don't? What if you don't do this? It's not gonna resonate with them fully as if I'm talking about things that are more towards motivated, AKA goal oriented. Um, so thinking about it from that standpoint, when I can ask someone a question, like let's say they're away motivated and I say, well, how much longer do you want to keep it this way? What's going to happen if you don't change where you're currently at? And they say, I, I don't know. And I might ask them a question like this. Okay. So sounds like the situation in three months time frame is going to be even worse. Do you have anything at risk? not being able to pay your rent, not being able to put food on the table. Is that kind of stuff of concern to you? And I'm inflating the problem. They say, you know, Cody, it might be. And I say, okay, I, I've worked with people in this situation before. Not sure if I can help you, but let me ask you a few more questions. There might be a possibility here. I'm going to slowly deflate that balloon. Now we have to be willing to sit in this pain a little bit with our client instead of going straight to a solution. Because again, we're not going to fully know what that solution is until we dive in deeper. And if you were to have someone that instantly gives you a solution for everything you do, you're going to reject it. 